Hey, what's going on, guys? This is James Anderson, and we're back for another episode of the Be Great With Your Money podcast. My name is James D. Anderson. I'm your host. I'm your facilitator of this actual podcast here. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about quarter four and your money. How does big business affect your money when we go into the latter part of the year? You know, a whole bunch of stuff going on once you get into the month of October all the way up into December. We're going to talk about it. So welcome back, guys. Let's get rolling. All right. See, the thing is, guys, let me go ahead and open up this episode and just really just kind of lay it out there. You know, I got my my own personal opinion is that we have um, three, really three portions of the year that we're kind of working um, if you kind of think about the percentages of where your income is going. So if you listen to this podcast before, you know, I say that people are losing about a third of their income to taxes. There's about another third of their income to debts. And then from there, you got a third of your income that's kind of left and living. Um, you kind of live off of that. Well, here's the thing, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I've explained this to many people before, is that really that last third of money that you kind of have for yourself, in most cases, is being sucked up by corporate America and it happens a lot when you get to the fourth quarter of the year. And I, I'm going to, you know, preface this this episode. I am going to say some things that might be a little bit offending um, to individuals. But we're going to but this is what this podcast is about. It's about the real deal with your money. It's about the real deal of what a person needs to do to be great with their money. And it's just it, it is what it is. I mean, we do so many things that position ourselves to make us just be terrible with our finances that I got to say it. Okay. And you know, I hope so, so, so many people out there listening, you know, don't get upset about it, but I'm just going to always tell the truth. So we're talking about this last quarter of the year. So we're talking about the month of October, November, and December. And guys, this is when corporate America really starts to ramp up and they start to get ridiculous, especially in, um, the United States, especially in what we do here and kind of what's ingrained in the normal culture in the United States. Now, here's what I want to preface and, you know, kind of think about what happens in fourth quarter. OK, it's one of the times where we have the most spending ever throughout the year. OK, because you're going to start off in October. You know, you got the kids going back to school. You got things that you got to buy to get them um, acclimated back into college, back into school. Although they still, they might start in August and September, but you really don't start feeling the impact of a lot of those things until October, because a lot of times people are basically financing school supplies and financing uh, college uh, expenses. Let me give you an example. You know, a lot of people don't have the money to go out and buy school supplies. So what they have to do is go open up the store credit cards, the Target credit cards, the Walmart credit cards, and actually buy school supplies on credit. Well, they probably did that in the be in the end of August, in the beginning of September. Well, guess what? In October, that first bill is going to hit you. Okay, a lot of college expenses, people buying electronics, microwaves, uh, desks, computers, all different types of things that to send people off to college, to send off children, grandchildren, cousins, nieces, nephews, sending family members off to college. They probably did that in August, 
you know, the beginning of September. Well, now in October, those credit card bills actually are starting to come in and roll in. So that's why I say October is the month to really start the downfall of your finances in the fourth quarter. Just get that kicked off. Now, after you go from that, so people are getting the credit card bills in, they're starting to go through the motions, they're starting to have a little bit of regret that they spent so much money and they wish they could have did something else because now you have the debt, it's out of the 30-day window, the kids are using the supplies and have whatever they have going on, and guess what? Now you're kind of stuck paying interest on those payments. But here's the thing, you know, now that we've already kind of started the engine, we've already kind of started feeding the beast, now corporate America steps in, okay? And now we have a bunch of things going on with the holidays all the way up until the end of the year. Now, corporate America and big business, okay, um, their objective, and I hate to say this about business, you know, because I'm a business owner, I enjoy business, but the bottom line definition of business is that you are in business to increase the value of the shareholders and make money. That's the bottom line for businesses, to engage in commerce. Now, there's a lot of businesses that have a lot of great missions that provides a lot of great value, and yes, they do provide value, but at the end of the day, you're in business to you know, solve a problem, to provide value to the marketplace, to increase the value of the shareholders, and to make money. Show me a business that's just going to consistently lose money day in and day out and year in and year out and quarter in and quarter out and show me that they're going to stay open just for the mission. No, the doors are going to close. You need, you need cash flow. You need money. You need things coming into the door. So let's not... Let's not get it twisted when I'm talking about big business because it doesn't matter big business, small business, we're still all in the same arena, which is basically to increase the value of the shareholders, solve a problem, provide value, and make money. But now, corporate America is going to step in here, okay? They're going to get stuff started in the month of October. They're going to start promoting this thing called Halloween, okay? Halloween is coming up uh, very soon. It's actually, I want to date this uh, podcast here by actually Halloween is tomorrow. It's October 30th right now from when I'm recording this, uh, 2016. So Halloween is tomorrow. However, the businesses have been promoting Halloween for probably a month, month and a half, if not more, between costumes, candy, trinkets, decorations, all those things out there, you know, and they're marketing to you and persuading you basically that you have to spend some money on this holiday, okay? And if it's considered a holiday, you know, some people don't consider it, some people do, but there, but there is a lot of individuals that participate in Halloween because, you know, you get to dress up, you get to have fun, you get to party. It's kind of one of those types of holidays, okay? But you know, me, I want you to be great with your money. So I started doing a little bit digging because this was a really, really fun topic for me to dive into and really to provide back to you individuals. I was like, well, you know, James, you kind of know a lot about money, but what does what do people actually spend on Halloween? You know, and the funny thing is, it's probably kind of the numbers I got, you know, they're not, I kind of rounded up a lot of numbers, but it's about a decent amount of people that participate in Halloween, probably about half of the American population. Okay. And the average that is spent on Halloween as far as like a household is anywhere from $74 to $125. That includes little costumes, that includes candy, that includes some light decorations. Now we all know there are individuals who go over and above and beyond for Halloween, but I'm just speaking to the average person. You know, you're not the person that got the haunted house on the front lawn and you don't have a trap door maze system in your backyard. You know, you're just a basic, you just basically 
doing a little something for Halloween, going to take the kids trick-or-treating, maybe pass out a little candy. You're going to spend between $74 to $125, okay? So that is tremendous amounts of spending when you multiply it out, you know, times 100 Americans or 150 Americans that's going to, 150, 150 uh, million Americans that's going to participate in Halloween. It's crazy. The numbers can get, the numbers can get ridiculous. But right after Halloween, right, the next day is November 1st. So now go ahead and bring out the ring out the promotions for the turkeys and the Thanksgiving and all those things of that nature. Now, Halloween wasn't too bad, really, especially with millennials and uh, and young adults. Is mostly that seventy five to hundred bucks is going out having fun, you know, going to parties and things like that. Um, people are getting really creative nowadays, and they're they're not really spending a lot on costumes. They're kind of making their own deal, which is cool. But that's where that money's coming from. But once you get into thing, once you get into uh, November first, guess what, guys? We are right into Thanksgiving, and once we get into Thanksgiving, the numbers just actually shoot up. See, you have to take the mindset, and I'm gonna do a little sidebar here. You have to take the mindset to understand that everybody is out to get your money, not in a like in a paranoid, you know, paranoid in the corner type of way, you know, but. You have to take the approach that, hey, I have money and it's big business and it's other people's job to figure out how they can get some of my money so that way they can put it back, they can, they can get the revenue into their business. That's what it's about, okay? Where do I have to go out to get the money, okay? That's what that's what business is looking for. That's what they do marketing. That's what they do predictive analytics. That's what they do um, studies and, and focus on demographics and do product research and product development, do product placement, because they want to figure out, you know, how can they actually get some money um, really from the American population, who's going to buy the products and services. So when we get into November 1st, man, you're going to see a lot of promotions and commercials, the holidays, the family, you know, Thanksgiving dinners and all those things like that. It's going to definitely come into play. And there's, you know, for the most part, there's nothing wrong with it because a lot of people do use it as a time to have fun with family. However, okay. I had to look at the numbers, okay? So starting off, starting off with the Thanksgiving dinner, uh, this is just kind of the average person, the average household, you know, this is not like Big Mama's house cooking a brick spread for the entire family, but the average household has spent about 60 bucks, okay? 60 bucks on Thanksgiving dinner. That's the turkey, a few sides, some desserts and things like that. Obviously, if you're making most of this stuff from scratch, okay? 60 bucks is, I would say that's about decent. I mean, you know, for one meal, 60 bucks for one day, one meal. Hey, that's not, you know, I would say that's pretty reasonable. However, 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 with going out, going places, buying extra trinkets, hanging out with family because they came in, most people spend about $300 for Thanksgiving weekend. Okay. Now I, I couldn't find very much on what all this stuff actually includes, However, I can pretty much guess, you know, it's just kind of when you got your cousins in town, you just happen to spend some money. I mean, that's just how it goes. So most people spend about $300 for Thanksgiving weekend, okay? Now, that's if you're staying local. Now, if you're going to be traveling abroad, you know, uh, traveling abroad, or if you're going to be traveling out, you know, well, I guess you could be traveling abroad. But if you're going to be traveling during the time of Thanksgiving and time of those holidays, hey, here's the thing to understand. You're going to probably increase your costs at least by 600 to 1700 bucks per person. That means the flights, your hotels, things of that nature. So easily, 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 
a person can really get up to around fifteen hundred bucks um, to two thousand dollars just on Thanksgiving alone. Okay, that's just between you know hanging out with family. If you got to travel, you know what you're spending on the food for yourself. If you got a potluck or you're cooking yourself. And then when you add in the Halloween, you know, and all that stuff, you know, from October 31st, you know, I'm just going to count it into November, you know, um, from that day into the, into Thanksgiving, you're probably going to be spending somewhere between 1500 to $3,000 on average. This is what people do on average. If you got to travel, it's a little bit less, you know, if you don't have to travel, you might be looking around five to 600 bucks when it's all said and done. Okay. Now. Then we get to really the the thorn in my side when it comes to the holiday season, okay? And it's the day after Thanksgiving because it just ignites, you know, the Black Friday deal just ignites the shopping frenzy, the, the consumerism frenzy, and everything else that I think that just makes me kind of water puke when it comes down to finances, you know, I'm, I'm just being perfectly honest. But now... If you're not familiar with Black Friday, if you listen to this podcast, I'm almost certain you should be. But if you're not, it's the day after Thanksgiving where um, really prices are slashed, you know, big specials are run. Stores might open up at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 5 a.m., you know, stay open. I mean, if you ever worked retail, okay, I worked retail for a while. And if you ever worked retail in your life, okay, you understand what Black Friday is. Black Friday is crazy. That's when you see the mobs of TV, mobs of people on TV rushing into the stores. That's how people get trampled. It's all different types of stuff. It's just, for a person that's in personal finance, it literally makes me want to throw up and makes me want to cringe. I'm actually about to take a drink of water because my mouth is getting so dry because of that. But now... um. When you talk about Black Friday shopping just in general, okay, you got about 133 million individuals or families or however broken out into, I think it's with individuals here. You got about a hundred, you got about half the population, okay, um, participating in Black Friday. So 133 million uh, consumers is I will label it as because that's what it is. I can't say it's consumers, okay? And on the average alone, it's a, somewhere around $50 billion spent or circulated um, just on Black Friday, just on Black Friday, just on Black Friday shopping. You know, it might not be contained to the actual Black Friday, but it, it, it is contained to the Black Friday shopping in that category. So $53 billion. So really how it kind of shakes out, um, you know, you have on the average spending, you know, Obviously, some people are going to spend more, some people are going to spend less, but the average spending is about $403, um, you know, per consumer, okay? So $403 is what the average is. Now, we know people that go all out for Black Friday, and then there's people like me who don't even really participate in it at all, but that's just the average. So if you spend some money on Black Friday, I'll be curious to know uh, what you guys actually spit. You know, you could drop a comment or, or or something where this is posted at. Or you could send me an email over to james at jda-solutions.com. You know, I'll just be interested. You know, I like to aggregate that data. I like to see what's actually going on. But, you know, so you got 400 bucks being spent there, okay? So now... When you look at, you know, say the 1500 from Thanksgiving and Halloween and all that stuff like that, you add in the uh, Black Friday shopping and all that stuff, you know, you're looking at an average of 1800 bucks being spent just within, you know, the end of October 
going into the end of November, okay? 1800 bucks there. But now, we got the mother load coming in in probably about 25 days or so, 20 days if you want to be technical, um, right after Thanksgiving and all that, and you go into December, you know, people start ramping up on this thing called Christmas shopping, okay? Christmas shopping. So that's buying gifts for individuals. Um, I didn't count in these numbers the decorations or the trees or the dinners and stuff like that. I'm just thinking, speaking really within to the spending of Christmas shopping, what people have budgeted for, you know, for the uh, presents and things of that nature. This is what a person, this is what a person actually uh, really comes out to. So average spending on Christmas, okay? Average spending on Christmas. Remember, some numbers can go up super high for some people, and then some people don't even participate at all. But here's the thing. You're looking at between $800 and $85 to $1,000 is kind of what the Christmas spending budget actually is. Um, you know, not designated to children, not designated to, you know, mother-in-laws, mothers, fathers, brothers. It's just overall what people have budgeted for actual spending on Christmas is about $885 to $1,000. So I'm going to take it at a cool thousand. I think what, I think that's really a good number, what people have spent on Christmas and what they have. And now before I got really in depth in my finances, that was kind of my bogey number for a long time is a thousand, you know, a thousand bucks. Um, mine's was spread out a lot more because, you know, I got step parents and, you know, other sides of the families and stuff like that, who I I'm close to. So, Hey, you know, you know, it might've been, you know, a thousand bucks, but everybody wasn't getting a really expensive gift, but that's just kind of how, I, what I did for years prior to me really understanding personal finance. So really when you kind of all sum it up, okay, when you bring it back home and you kind of think about all the money that people are actually spending, you're somewhere around, um, about, I would say about $3,000 It's about 2852. So about $3,000 is what individuals are actually spending on these holidays. Okay. Starting from the, the credit card bills coming in from the school supplies that were financed the month before to the Halloween, you know, Halloween mustard mash and all that stuff to Thanksgiving dinner to Thanksgiving weekend, to hanging out with people, hanging out with family, to your travel, to your hotels, to Black Friday shopping, to Christmas shopping, all those things there, your person's looking right around $2,800 in money just going to stuff, okay? It's just going to stuff, okay? The, the, the Halloween candy is just stuff. The Christmas dinner, I mean, the uh, Thanksgiving dinner is just stuff, okay? They're hanging out with the family and stuff like that. Yeah, you can do that, but you don't have to spend any money to travel. You know, the Christmas spending, it's all just stuff. No, I mean, I'm not knocking anybody. I'm just saying what it is. It's just stuff. You know, it's just stuff. So less in any, um, you know, the, the cadence of this actual podcast, let's talk about what you can actually do with the money and what you can actually do to be great with the money, okay? 
Now, I got a few scenarios that I have up here. Now, mind you, this is just calculations. These are not projections. This is not projections of what the market is going to do. I can't necessarily predict that, but these are just general assumptions from what I know, um, being in this industry of what people can actually come across, what people can actually see. So let's point out a few, let's paint out a few scenarios to say, hey, you know, what could I do if I was to be great with my money and say, don't participate in those festivities or limit some of my spending? So, for the first thing I said here in this first scenario, so we said $2,800 is our bogey for all this holiday shopping and holiday spending of money, okay? And even for some people, that's pretty much, that's, that's a pretty huge, pretty huge bucket because if you think about it, if a person's working a job, okay, and if a person's paying taxes and things like that, that is a pretty high number. And the reason why I say $2,800 because really in and of itself, if you make $40,000 a year, okay, and you're losing about 25% of that to taxes, that's going to actually give you about $30,000 net, okay? So $2,800 is almost, in most cases, that's about 10% of individuals' income on the net side. Because remember, you're spending all this, you're spending this money net. This is consumer dollars. This is what you spend in a corporate America and things of that nature. So this is net. So in a lot of cases for a lot of people where the average incomes are, that's anywhere from eight to 10% of their net income. So that's a huge chunk of their money going to these items. So let's make sure we understand that. But I said, okay, if we got 2,800 bucks and just say one year, one year, you didn't care what the family said. You didn't care what people thought. You know, you just kind of kept your money and, and you were great with your money and you did some things that you needed to get done for one time only, okay? You took the 2800 bucks. This was one year. And you said, hey, I'm not going to spend it. I'm going to invest it, okay? If you drop that in an investment account, you know, most accounts will take you anywhere. You know, you can open them up for a thousand or you can open them up for three thousand dollars. It's really not that expensive to get an investment account open, but you dropped it into, say, an aggressive uh, growth mutual fund or a very high rated fund with low expenses or maybe like an equity index fund or a, um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a podcast and talk a little bit more about those, but just bear with me. You basically got some, you guys got a mutual fund that's doing a little bit of investing. Uh, for you on a passive basis, you're looking at about 8% return on that. And guys, a lot of people are going to listen to this and say, 8%, where the heck did you get that at? Listen, I can show a person how they can get, you know, 8, 9, 10, 12% return. And just, just for, just for information, you know, only, only purposes here, the stock market on average, since it's been in existence, have returned about 9.7% uh, rate of return in average. So let's say, for instance, the whole entire time you had your money invested into what's called an equity index fund or index fund that mimics the stock market, you would have got about 9% rate of return on average over the over a course of a length of time. So we got 8%, okay? And let's say, for instance, we did that for 20 years. So we one year we didn't spend, we took the 2,800 bucks, we dropped into an investment account that got us 8% for 20 years. Guys, we'll end up with $13,795 because of compound interest. And that's only one time. So you decided in this year, 2016, you know, you weren't going to spend the money and you just took that money and invested it. Boom. That's what you would have in 20 years. Now, a lot of people say, well, James, that's 20 years. Well, I plan on living for 20 years. I don't know about you. I plan on living for 20 more years. I plan on having that, plan on investing, plan on having my money grow within that time. Because remember, we're not investing and positioning ourselves for our first name. We're doing it for our last name. Okay. But now I said in the next scenario, 
let's say for instance, a person decided to cut their holiday spending from the average of the 2,800 bucks and it just decided to cut it in half. Okay. But they did it on a periodic monthly investment, meaning that every month they took a small portion of money and invested it because they knew they were only going to spend 1,400 bucks at the end of the year and to spend as opposed to 2,800 bucks. So this is a person investing $116 a month for the same 20 year period, the same eight, eight percent rate of return. Guess what guys, they will have $68,326. Okay. So that's saying that you still going to spend 1400 bucks every single year on, on the shopping and all that stuff in quarter four, but you're going to know that you're going to pretty much predict that you're going to cut that in half. So you started putting basically 116 bucks away a month into an investment account. Same 8%, same over 20 year period. You're looking at $68,000. Now let's see, let's talk about a person that's really going to be bold and be great with their money. Okay. In the last scenario, I said, Hey, this is a person that wants to fix their life, wants to fix their lifestyle, wants to fix their life. And they, they're not going to spend anything on the quarter four. They, they understand money. They understand that their economy is most important and not everybody else's, especially not big business or corporate America. So in this example, the person said, okay, I know I usually spend 2,800 bucks per year in you know, consumer items for the holidays. And instead of saving up to that, I'm just going to start investing that money over a 12 month period. So that's $233 per month for the same 20 years, guys, same 8%. This person will have $137, $137,241, just by not spending the money in quarter four with all the holidays and things of that nature. And then just taking that money and then boom, on a monthly basis, investing it and doing it for the same 20-year time frame. So you made a commitment to say, hey, I'm not going to spend that money for the next 20 years. I'm going to invest it. And then when my kids get grown, you know, you can just give them the 100 plus thousand dollars and they can start their life off and not actually start at zero. See, that's big picture thinking. That's less, that's what really what personal finance is about. It's not about the quick fixes. It's about what's the long play. And that's what so many of us actually miss when it comes down to finances. What's the end play? What's the long play that we're going to have? Now, just to kind of show you guys how this kind of matches up, okay? The average savings of a 50-year-old is $43,797. That's according to the United States Census Bureau. The average savings of a 50-year-old is $43,797. So with both these scenarios, either spending half or you know not spending at all and just investing that money on a monthly basis for the next 20 years, you know most people will already beat out the national average. Now, how does this compare to what you already got going on? Well, remember, if you listen to these podcasts, you know, my, my, my rule of thumb is that you need to have at least 10 times what you make in a year to actually retire. So if you make $50,000 a year, you need $500,000 set up for set up aside. Well, guess what, guys? You already got 25% of your, you know, for the most people's retirement already set up by just eliminating the bulk of this spending with the Christmas, the Thanksgiving, the Black Friday, the Halloween and all that stuff. So now that money can now then be actually used to really fix your own personal finances over time. So it's a very huge play, but it takes a severe mindset shift because number one, you're inundated with the holidays. It's almost, it, it, you're almost looked down upon if you don't buy Christmas gifts. 
You know, why is why is that a standard of whether or not I love somebody if I buy them a Christmas gift? You know, that that that's just me being on my soapbox for for a little bit. But why is that a standard that whether or not what I spend some money on somebody on some gifts is what is what my standard of love is? That does not exist, guys. That doesn't happen. There's many times where I tell my wife, hey, don't get me nothing. You know, I'm set. Now my wife, you know, she's still going to get me something. But it'd be small things, you know. It'd be very, very, very simple small things. Like for my birthday, her and my family, you know, they pitched in and got me a humidor. You know, I'm a, I'm a big cigar fan. You know, I, I, I like cigars. So they got me a very small desktop humidor so I could put here on my desk in my home office because, you know, it's something that I need because I do collect cigars. I do want to start collecting them over time. And it wasn't really that very much expensive, but it was a very nice gesture because it's something I absolutely wanted and something that they know I can utilize and get great use out of it. But it didn't break the bank for them and they all chipped in and I was ecstatic about it. You know, I was, I'm just, you know, it's right here. I'm looking at it. It's, it's lovely. It's, it's cherry wood. It's awesome. Got gold trim. It is the deal. But it doesn't mean that they have to spend a lot of money you know, to, to, to convey their love, because I would have been perfectly happy had they just said, hey, James, you know, happy birthday to you, you know, and uh, we appreciate you. Because I understand personal finance, and I would never want anybody to take their money and not fix what's best for their economy just to say, hey, I'm going to get you a gift. See, that's a bold stance to take, but that's why we have to do it because if we start fixing our economy when we get our when we get our money right when we got our nest egg set up when we got our money coming in residually we can do whatever the heck we want to at that particular point because now we have assets and now we have businesses and now we have uh, residual income coming in that pays for all the toys so in the beginning you might live like no one else lived which not buying Christmas gifts and all that stuff. You're living like no one else lived so that later on you can live and you can give like no one else live, like no one else does. And that's, that's how, that's a little saying that Dave Ramsey says, he says, you know, sacrifice now, live like no one else. So later on in life, you can live and give like no one else. So when this, when it's time for you to settle down, Hey, you got some money that's going to actually take care of your household and you can literally give people more than what you ever would have done you know, in this scenario where you're trying to spend this 3000 saving up to spend this $3,000 on presents and things of that nature. So what I'm going to do, guys, here is I think I'm going I'm to cut this episode here because it's, a, it's some great information here uh, with regards to what we're talking about. I think it's a... Um, a, a, a fantastic discussion and I would love to get you guys' feedback on this because a lot of times it gets really personable uh, with individuals and is not really the most popular opinion when I share this information but I want you guys to understand this okay if you're working a third of the year to cover your taxes you got about 30 year income to cover the taxes and you're working another third of the year to cover just your your payments on your debts and things like that, then guys, the other third and a quarter of your money, corporate America is trying to get at it and they do it in quarter four to drive revenue with all these holidays, with all these things that you're just supposed to be, you know, it's customary for you to go out and actually spend money on. Hey, I'm here to tell you guys, that's not the truth. Hey, focus on your economy, focus on what you have to do um, to fix your economy. And, you know, I share this information because I think it's something to take a different approach with what we're talking about with money. See, remember, guys, I say this all the time. 
money is not the most important thing, but hey, try to do any of the important things without it and you can't get it done. So my name is James Anderson. This has been another episode of Be Great With Your Money. Um, this is the Be Great With Your Money podcast. Hey, we bring you tips, tricks, strategies, numbers. We talk about money here on this podcast. Hey, money is a taboo topic, but why is that? Because everything we do in life revolves around money. We're getting up, going to work every day. We're, we're building our businesses. We're investing money. We're paying down debts. We're loaning people money. We're doing everything about money. People are lying, praying, scheming, doing everything with money, but yet money is a taboo topic. Well, hey, it's not taboo here. This is the Be Great With Your Money podcast. And of course, guys, as always, Hey, if you got value of this episode, you think this was a great deal, go ahead and share it. I would greatly appreciate it if you can drop a share, um, uh, share it wherever you're at, post a comment, like a comment, but also too, one thing that definitely helps me out, go ahead. If you're on iTunes, go on iTunes and drop me a review. That is a great, great, great ass. That's a great, 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 um, really personal gift to me. And it's not going to cost you any money. <laughs> you see, I threw that, you say I threw that in there. It's not going to cost you any money. It's going to take a little bit of time, but it gives me feedback of what I know to roll out with this podcast. And I want to make sure I'll always give you guys the best and a tremendous value you can have with here. So again, guys, James D. Anderson at I am JD Anderson, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, um, wherever you at, you know, search me up, link with me, YouTube. Hey, I'm going to definitely always, I love having this conversation about money because I think it's very, very important. So that's it guys. Thank you. And you guys enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. And if you are going to be out on Halloween, Hey guys, be safe, be safe. And of course be great with your money. Hey guys, James Anderson here. Have you ever been stranded on the side of the road because you ran out of gas or your car just overheated? How about locking yourself outside of your vehicle? I'm telling you guys, that's me. I always lock myself out. But here's the thing. When you have an auto emergency, you tend to not make the best financial decisions and could quickly put yourself in a money snafu. In order to prevent that chaos, we have to make sure our vehicles are covered with a high quality roadside assistance program. That's number one, affordable, and number two, accessible. That's why I love Road Ashore. Whether it's towing, needing some gas, or perhaps you just want to get a tire change, Road Ashore is always available 24-7, 365. You just call a simple toll-free number, and then for less than a few cups of coffee, you can be totally covered. And check this, you even get a 30-day free trial with the program. So you can roll on over to jda-solutions.com forward slash auto, A-U-T-O, jda-solutions.com forward slash auto to review the benefits and get going today. Listen, don't let being stuck on the side of the road cause you not to be great with your money. Again, that's jda-solutions.com forward slash A-U-T-O. This episode of the Be Great With Your Money podcast was brought to you by JDA Solutions, where strategy is how you win financially. Visit jda-solutions.com and click learn more for more information.